Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I am one of your co-hosts today, Pamela Bentley. And I'm R.C. Weslowski, your other co-host today. And our guest today is Gilles Seren. Hello, how are you doing today? Great. It's uh, always a pleasure to have you here. We're going to get you to start off with a poem. Okay, I'm going to start. I had a day from hell with technology this morning, so I'm going to go back <laughs> to a simpler time. Right. <laughs> this is called uh, Bringing Home the Cows. Hot summer, late afternoon, just past the peak of heat. Footfalls, deer trail along the hillside. Below, small creek, spring freshet ran it wild. Small puddles remain, water-carved prairie, forms shallow cave under willow bower. Perfect place for a boy, with frog, to sit in wonder, breathe cool, wet earth. Wild roses, buckbrush, goldenrod, sweet clover, alfalfa, wild grass, swift swallows, red-winged blackbirds, butterflies, and whiz-pop grasshoppers. One small wild boy in the middle of it all knows he's in the sun, contained. The sun's in him. Path, cows, fresh at breath. Nature blooms, birds, the way he walks feels like flight, like it's all in him and him all of it. A first meeting, awe, wonder, oneness, path and dream. In midst of all this unity comes birth of a separate identity. I'm a little man doing a good job. <laughs> Boy with frog. Yes. <laughs> it's like a portrait. Boy with frog. That I love that poem. It takes me right there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I like I like doing, I guess, landscapes with words. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and all uh, the other senses, not yeah. just the visual. Um, those poems, because you have a few poems uh, in this, you're reading from your new chapbook, Emerge. Yes. And you have a few poems in there that uh, harken back to your prairie boyhood yes and i'm wondering i was wondering when i was reading them if you had read who has seen the wind by w.o mitchell yes because it, it yes. really makes me think of that particularly when you're like the i think the one where you were talking about the metaphysical and even there where the separate identity and the mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i definitely i read that um, a long time ago but I, I read it and i do remember it you know quite well and uh and that you know he's got he's got a character in there that's kind of a wild man you know with uh, yeah. with a wild metaphysical kind of a bent on things and sure enough 
my mother talk, talked me about a neighbor they had they used to call the prophet yeah. and there was another fellow like that mm. that lived a few miles away from our farm that was you know got all dressed up and went and became a preacher for part of the year and you know it was kind of wild different sort of people you know did you just like you, oh sorry just like then like in that novel yeah when you read it did you did it um did you say, oh, okay, this is the feeling that I had as a boy when I started to realize everything was connected and this kind of metaphysical, or did you not recognize that at the time when you read it? I think I recognize it more now yeah. than I do then mm. because when I, I think when I read that, I still had a lot of, uh, you know, drug and alcohol karma and all that bad stuff to go through. And I, you know, I think I was still living in shock from various other childhood experiences. I used to teach that novel in Ontario to high school students, and they really had trouble understanding it because it is something that we kind of get when we're older. And even though it was farmland, they also were not living in the prairies. Right? It was Ontario farmland, which is always at the edge of woods and yeah, now, so well, a bit different. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was wondering, do you rem- you can tell it a little bit in the poem, but do you remember a moment that you felt like you became separate from nature? Good question. Well, that that was kind of it in that poem. I mean, I was just a kid. I was only about five years old. And and at the same time, I just felt completely connected. At the same time, I I felt separated. I felt there was the first kind of realization of I'm something apart. Yeah. And what sort of uh, thoughts or talks did you have with the frog? (laughs) Just kind of enjoying its company yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember tadpoles a lot less less frogs and just like little uh ponds and the tadpoles all over the place and the eggs hatching and all that kind of thing yeah yeah i remember those too they're and fun to watch mud between yeah. your toes yeah, used to remember that. this yeah. is a good time of year to be remembering those things yeah for when sure it's like hot and that big sky and then you get your feet down in the mud yeah. And hope that there's no leeches. Or yes. mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's always been sure. nice when there's a little bit of a breeze, right? So yeah. keep the mosquitoes yeah. away. So yeah. before we get another poem, this is your, your chapbook, your debut debut chapbook. Um, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, how what's the process of getting to that from you know, when and where poems and to now which ones you picked and all that kind of thing? Um the process of getting to it. Um well, it's, you know, like some of them, uh, most of these were written at, in Thursday's Writing Collective as a, re- as a result of joining Thursday's Writing Collective. I had a few, I don't, I, you know, I, I earned my living as a carpenter, but I always thought of myself as a writer and always did a bit of writing. And since retiring and joining Thursday's Writing Collective, I've been able, all that stuff has kind of come out. Okay. And, uh, and Thursday's Writing Collective really lends itself to poetry because we get a prompt, we write for you know five or ten minutes and i mean what can you do in five or ten minutes you can do a poem yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know so i've got a lot of rough drafts from those gatherings and then went home and put this together great and then yeah yeah and is it the prompts that lead you to um those places back in the prairies or is it that it's just sitting right there just waiting for almost any prompt to bring it up it's, it's it's a combination thereof, and there's a poem here that I'll read in a bit that uh, um, I started talking to Ellie. Ellie uh, Cradgy Gardner leads, or used to lead, Thursday's Writing Collective, and I, I just had this, I started talking to her about, you know, something beautiful I remembered from, you know, Durham, wheat's, Durham wheat growing in the sun in the prairies, which is really beautiful because it's, 
it when it's as it's ripening it turns kind of a silvery gray so you've got like this almost silvery gray wavy ocean that you're looking at just incredibly beautiful and she said okay don't listen to any more of my prompts just go with that mm. ah. and stay with that one for the whole two hours and i did and then i got this poem out of that oh, oh okay yeah let's yeah. hear it okay yeah. i was going to read Great the other reading. one first but i'll skip that one i'll do this one you always come right back to it. okay this is called uh, next year country and why we well, Saskatchewan or parts of Saskatchewan are called next year country is because you do all this work putting in a crop and you never know if you're going to get one. You know, you can have hail, you can have frost, you can have drought. And, you know, and at the end of the season, people are disappointed. We didn't get what we wanted, what we thought we were going to get. They say, oh, well, maybe next year we'll have a crop. So it's mm. next year country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, a sunny day, too hot, too dry, too still. A breezy swelter kicks up dry soil, quietens again, and calm silence again penetrates the hot spell. Black turbulence, upward turbid roiling clouds roll, churning sideways smoke, and out of control lateral hellfire. Darkness conquers the western sky, winds push, shove, clouds fight to roll to the top, a horizontal tornado black wind cycles, pushes ice crystals higher and higher. Kernels become eggs, become baseballs with each rotation from heat to high atmosphere. Hellish turbulence comes down, blows at me. My farmer father runs to the house, yelling, calling me. I follow, scrambling for cover. Horizontally propelled icy fists rip window screens, shatter glass, splatter butter, break plates, bounce off the kitchen table, cross the room, blow down a short hallway, break windows on the east side of the house. Through a north window I see panicked horses madly gallop, seeking shelter that doesn't exist. A clump of trees gets stripped of leaves. Quipper, quicker than it came, it leaves, moves destruction to neighbors' fields. Once there was a crop, tufted head durham wheat, gentle prairie breeze, waves silver spikes, sheening in the sun, false treasure, repository of hopes and dreams in this corner of next year country. After nature's rage passes, my father takes me for a walk. There's a special pungent fragrance prairie earth radiates after rain or hail, usually the smell of future bounty. We walk in this freshness, in melting ice, to where once stood a ripening field, waving with quicksilver riches. Now a tangle of broken stalks, all the grain ground down to earth, all that's left, impossible to harvest. I'm ten years old. I see grief in my father's face, defeat in his shoulders, rage as he falls to his knees. Why, my God, why, he curses, a dawn-to-dark working man, broken. That moment I decide I will never be a farmer. That moment begins the end of any God as creator of my character. Oh, so beautiful. Got to turn my mic back on. Um, 
Did you have a moment like that, RC? Uh, where you were like, I will never be a farmer's son. No, I don't think or be so. Be a farmer. I guess you were a farmer's son. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, not that nothing that reminds me. But the thing I, and you, you started describing and talking about it, like there's the moment after the storm that is so powerful too. Like it's still the air, the you know the the, the sky and the energy is still there, electric, but it's moved past you now. Yeah, and all you've got yeah. is this this wake of destruction. Um, or just wetness or whatever it happens to be. And I thought you described it beautifully there. Thank you. Um, but it, that, that's what it's evoked in me is that memory of, of that kind of uh, power, whether being on the prairies yeah. or being you know, in the Fraser Valley. Yeah. 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 And you t- always, whenever I read that poem or hear that poem, it takes me back right to the moment, because I did grow up on the prairies before that you know where the sky turns green and you can feel it coming and it's mm-hmm. got the oh my gosh it's pretty scary yeah it is it is because, because those hailstorms will dent cars yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you get hit in the head with one of those but you it could kill you yeah you, yeah. you got to run inside even if you're yeah. not on a farm well and the yeah. way you described it moving through the house yeah is like you know was beautiful too like it starts at the front door and then it goes through the middle of the house and the plates are bouncing it's out the back and it's just yeah the, the hailstorms are just Looks like the wind just went right through the house and just out the other broke windows on the other side right yeah. out. It was just, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget it. That was the biggest one then. <laughs> That's probably the biggest not storm the of my childhood. One. But not, yeah, 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 yeah. It was huge. Well, and it can yeah. be quite humbling in the like you said, your father broke down on fell to his knees and like, why God? I mean, it's a pretty humbling experience to be in the midst of that kind of force of nature. And know that there's nothing you can do about it. And you've got to, you know, hope that you survive and whatever you've got can survive to the best of its abilities. And then how do you, how do you either pick yourself up and start again? Or, you know, yeah. that's quite a big thing, too, is once you get through the, the grief of losing all your, your crops and stuff, you're like, well, damn it, I got to do this again and hope for, the, hope for next year. <laughs> hope for next, yeah, yeah, next year. We were lucky in a way that we had another farm about, 15 miles away or another piece of land about yeah. 15 miles away so one got hailed out mm. the other, maybe and we also had cattle yeah. so, so it was mixed yeah that helped was that on purpose no it, it just, just how things evolved because I, my dad they were just tenant farmers at that time eventually right. he bought some land but he got in this land to as a tenant farmer about 20 miles south of the, the my hometown and then that was but I grew up in a little island of French Canadians, mm-hmm. and the the twenty mile away farm was outside of the island of French mm-hmm. Canadians, and quite a ways from town and school. So then, when I was six, we moved to another farm that was within eight miles of town. So the other one was twelve miles away. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's just how things unfolded. When you started writing as a, because did you write as a kid? Some yes. Did you write in French or in English? In in most of my education is in English. Yeah, in English. And did you lose some of your French language from your family, or I, I I can still speak French, but I had I never got very much education in French because it was Saskatchewan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in this in this um, poem, um, you talked about like that. Uh, Ellie Crowley Gardner said, "Just stay with this," and it's a long poem. So how many sessions did it take to write that, or did it all come at once? And how much editing have you put into that? like what is the what is the uh, the the uh, I guess the age of this poem? <laughs> <laughs> the process. Yeah. 
Um, well, uh, Thursday's writing collective were writing by hand, right? It's all hand. I love writing by hand. I do morning pages. I do three pages most mornings just by hand. And I, I love with my, I bought a special fountain pen just oh, for that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I think, I think I wrote most of it that afternoon mm-hmm. within those two hours. Mm-hmm. And then, and then what I do is I go home, then I word process it. Mm-hmm. And then the, the 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 editing happens when I get on the computer and start moving things around and you know, giving it shape and changing words and editing and stuff like that. And it's it's hard to tell how many copies I do because I mean some parts will stay, some will go, stuff will get added. You know, yeah. Well, it's beautiful. Probably th- at least three or four anyway. And you know? um, what's your process as far as how it looks on the page do you your line breaks and stuff like that are you conscious really conscious of it and and what makes you break them when you do i um yeah i am i am conscious of it and i and and partially for the look of it and partially for like i don't use any punctuation and so each line has to kind of hold itself and then instead of commas i use breaks and like and spaces between spaces okay. yeah spaces between words and indentations are usually usually if something is indented it's because it's related to the previous line i noticed the indentation when i was reading it because you 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 really use a lot of indentation and i wondered if that was like sub thought sub thought sub thought pretty much yeah 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 that's because like i said i don't i don't i have no punctuation whatsoever so mm. i use the the spacing on the page to replace punctuation now you did a launch last week you said last yeah, thursday a week, yeah, a week yeah. thursday um are you reading anywhere else with this so if people wanted to grab a copy or get a buy a copy not grab one steal um, <laughs> i read at the library last night oh yeah it's all the stuff you did already uh, i'll be reading um usually the first saturday of every month mm-hmm. is uh, poetry night at carnegie community center but this Saturday is July first, so I we're, we've postponed it for a week. So I guess, uh, yeah, July eighth at Carnegie Community Center. I'll, what time? I'll be reading there, uh, seven o'clock. And that's generally every Saturday at seven o'clock. The, no, the first Saturday of every month. For, oh, okay. But this next month is going to be the second Saturday of July. I hope somebody else missed that and and was benefiting from me asking that question. Yeah. Going um, before you read another poem. And like we're leaving the process, the content, your father in this poem is part of the story and we see him broken and there's a, a, a fair amount of empathy and he doesn't fare so well in other poems because he was he was kind of a brutal man. Yeah. And you almost yeah. get a sense of why he might have been like that in this poem. Well, yeah, hard life. Yeah. And uh I mean, his father was an alcoholic, and he came from a family of 15 kids. So, I mean, you know, goodness only knows what happened to him. Right. Because, I mean, that kind of stuff is usually, yeah. there's a reason for it gets passed. It was really interesting. I've had, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I don't know how much I'll get into reading about that today, but I did go through years of alcoholism and addiction and so on and so forth as a result of being beat right. on quite a bit yeah. as a kid. And... uh and it's hard for me to be sympathetic towards yeah. him, but I've, I, the other day I read this at my launch, and I, I reacted emotionally in a way I never had before. I, I, I broke down. And by the, this you mean the poem you in just In reading read. this poem, yeah. 
So I guess as I'm getting older, it's, I'm beginning to be a little more sympathetic. Yeah, I mean, it's not to excuse his behavior because no. it was. But but yeah, I know that it's like, uh, so you're really, do you feel like by writing these things, you're doing some sort of intergenerational healing? And do you are you hoping yeah. that your grandson won't care? As you say in one poem that, you know, he maybe have that inside him. Yeah, well, I, re- I for for some reason or another, I, I I have to write a poem about that. I made a vow of nonviolence to myself when I was 16 years old, even though I knew I'd never heard of nonviolence in my life. And I raised my daughter. I did not pass that on to my daughter, mm. and she did not pass it on to nice. him. So yeah, nice work. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's that's the hard work there. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's have another poem from uh, your chapbook. Our guest today is Gilles Soren, and the chapbook is Emerge. And so keep your eyes out for both those, uh, the book and Gilles. And you're listening to it here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. And our show is Wax Poetic. Okay, thank you. Okay, this one is from Winter in the Prairies. It's called Sunrise. Prairie winter, whiter than white. I ride behind a small herd on nature's blanket. Cows coming home for the night walk a boundless landscape. Sun sets on infinite snow, or so it seems. Blazing orb hangs just above horizon. Winter rays refract through tilted Earth's atmosphere, bend and dim as they travel, so I safely see into sun's center. Looks to me as I ride into this glow that its perimeter vibrates, separates, into dancing concentric circles, travels to me, sweeps me into an aureola cave, dances me to a luminous center. Earth rotates into dusk. My white world retains a golden hue. Hereford cows, white faces, snow caps on cedar posts, frost on branches, all phosphoresce, twinkle with internalized gilded radiance, or so it seems though I know it's brain, eyes, creating a world from staring at setting suns. Heart flames to joy, a boy at chores, now knows he lives in the sun, and sun shines in him. Mm. So that was another happy moment. Beautiful. <laughs> you, you write about your childhood in this, um, in this chapbook, but there's also a lot of other things. You've, you've mentioned Thursday's Writing Collective. There's a few poems that have come out of, like, drawing lines like in in writing in group right and then there's like a lot about living down in the downtown east side and the choices you've made and yeah yeah yeah. i just wanted to mention that so that people get a sense of what's in the chat book um okay um moving on did you want to read something else yeah we're gonna hear some more i'm just thinking where to go next here wherever Um, you want to okay here's one this is kind of a summation of a whole lot of stuff that happened since then and because uh this is the 50th anniversary of the summer of love in san francisco mm-hmm. ah, i like this one <laughs> this <is> called hippie <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that we all did to mm-hmm. survive and recover okay okay uh hippie proud to be so totally out of it So dropped out, turned on, tuned in. I escaped knowing day of the week, time of day or night in the LSD, marijuana, hashish, opium, caffeine and nicotine, purple haze where I drifted, 
blissed out in psychotropic-induced premature enlightenment, somewhat lacking in substance. Happy to wander, highway to street, to beach, and back to street, walk about that escapes confines of time, smells lilies in fields, indulges aimlessness as a virtue, present in every vibe that washes my shores, not caring what comes or doesn't come my way as tides roll in and wash away. All I need is love. <laughs> love is all you need. But always there's hell to pay for freedom gone too crazy. Living so timelessly, I didn't realize till around about 1980, the 60s are over. <laughs> 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 said realization so shocking I had to get drunk for seven years <laughs> alcohol depressant brings my shadow to light in depression time rules all stumbling steps walking through escape from pain pissed fried fucked up, up. every catalyst for yet more pain every escape a catalyst for yet more pain hungover karma Force the decision. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Grow up, figure it out, face it, or die young. One day at a time. Slowly, abstinence invites sanity. I realize there's illumination in sobriety. Recognize where lies roots of pain. Replace resentment with gratitude. Choose love over escape. Commit to craft and career. And as a single father raise a lovely daughter, become a grandfather. Now, 30 years clean and sober, pretty much an old guy, doesn't really feel like it though, mm -hmm. still taking life one breath at a time, found my way to stay happy naturally, present in every wave that washes my way, letting breath wave stress away. Still got days where I wander aimlessly, discover aimlessness as a component of enlightenment, hanging out, still do coffee, hanging out, waiting, waiting, watching, watching out for love and poetry to come my way, one breath at a time. Yo, man, dig it, cool, far out, far in. Nice. <laughs> Bravo. Nice. Awesome. I love how you still have the wandering aimlessly, but now it's in search of enlightenment instead of like dropping out and avoiding reality. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. Come full circle, but a little bit farther up on the spiral. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully a little farther up on the spiral because being on the downward end of the spiral <laughs> yeah. is not a lot of fun. Revisiting the same lessons and not learning them, going down. down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Been yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> 30 yeah. years, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I don't know if it's in that poem, if I missed it, or there was another one, but there was something about like, who knew that one day drink, not drinking would lead to 30? That's, and yeah. I, just, I loved that, like just the one day not drinking leading to all the rest of your life. It's such a, uh, such a crystallization of that power. Okay, what poem? That's from Chaos, wherever <laughs> that is. <laughs> over chaos we probably have time for you to read one more like well, one page short. poem short one it's got to be short though okay, we're is, almost out of time this is pretty this is short okay this 
Chaos. Oh, you're going to read that one. Okay. Yeah. Topsy-turvy, <laughs> inside out, upside down, foobard, messed up beyond all recognition. That's the little picture. Big picture chaos theory hypothesizes a beautiful woman smiling in Vancouver can make sunshine in Tokyo, while butterflies there, wings gently fluffing air, generate tornadoes in Texas. Who knew not drinking one day leads to 30 years sobriety, mm -hmm. that prior 20 years stoned insanity, fertilized creativity, seeded poetry. Blake, path of excess leads to wisdom, biggest wisdom, ditch the excess, pray chaos finds a middle way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a line from In a Cake song that says, excess is not rebellion, you're drinking what they're selling. Just one of my favorite it, it, lines. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. From a uh, um, from uh, how do you afford your rock and roll high, uh, rock and roll lifestyle by the band Cake. Oh yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Um, thank you very much for being here today, Jill. Is there anything else you can tell people about where you're going to be reading? So next Saturday, um, you've already done your official launches. Yes, and you also recently were part of the Thursday's Writing Collective launch. What is yes. the name of their most recent chat book? Number ten, is it? Number ten chat book is called How to Live. Oh, and I'll be reading this uh, Saturday also, I think on Columbia Street, the downtown east side. Oh, Women's Center okay. is having a, an event there. On July 1st. On July 1st. And Thursday's Writing Collective will be reading there. And what time is that? I think that's at 1 o'clock. Great. Yeah. July yeah. 1st at 1 o'clock. Easy to remember. Yeah. So that's it for today. Uh, do you have any events you want to announce? Uh, yeah, quickly. Uh, our guest last week, Kagong Go, or two weeks ago, Kagong Go, um, has a show tomorrow, the second in a series. It's Surviving Samsara at the Interurban Gallery at one, uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow, it's by don uh, not by it's suggested donation twenty dollars, but pay what you can to get in. Multimedia, hip hop, uh, video, music, and spoken word with Kagan as uh, writing this main thing. And coming up on Monday at the Slam, it's Tasha Racino uh, returning and featuring. And that is uh, Interurban is at Hastings and Carroll. I think so. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much uh, for being here again, Jill. And I'm uh, one of the co-hosts today, Pamela Bentley. And I'm R.C. Weslowski. And uh, No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? 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 So